Hello, thanks for joining us for another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. This is Patricia Miller with Cannabis and Tech Today. Joining me is George Jage, co-founder and CEO of MJ Unpacked. He's also the co-founder of Jage Media. MJ Unpacked is a unique trade event. It's designed to connect retailers with brands and investors. So this is taking place October 21st through the 22nd in Las Vegas. In today's chat, we're going to explore the future of trade shows, how brands should measure their event ROI, and the sort of secret sauce for what it takes to bring a brand to the national level. George, I've been reading up on your career and what you've been up to, and you've been involved with event planning in the cannabis space for for quite a while. I was curious, mm-hmm. though, what, what kind of inspired you to, to enter the cannabis scene? Oh, geez. Um, you know, I had uh, built up a number of uh, trade shows and, and business-to-business media companies prior to getting in the cannabis space. And Back in 2014, after I had sold World Tea Expo and World Tea Media, I, I was contacted by a gentleman who, had, who was a mutual friend of a friend of mine and his, and he said, calls me up. He's like, hey, I heard you're going to be available. I want to start a pot show. And I said, okay. And he goes, but we can be partners and you can run it. And I said, are you going to put up the money? He goes, no, I don't have any. And so that conversation didn't really get very far. Um, but he had been talking to a number of people in the space, and um, that was when Ann Holland Ventures had reached out to me and asked me to help them build their cannabis uh, business media platform, uh, which at the time was called MMJ Business Daily, and they had one full-time employee, Chris Walsh, who's now the CEO and is a great guy. Um, and so I was able to kind of come in there and take my experience from you know, the tea industry and the off-price apparel industry and other events that I've been involved in and really kind of leverage that into the cannabis industry to scale up a full-blown conference for the market and, you know, take MJ Biz from, you know, 20 tabletops at a racetrack to a thousand plus square foot, you know, a thousand plus booth show at the Las Vegas Convention Center. Yeah, incredible growth. And now one of the premier events in the industry. Sure. And I think that 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 show um, really met the needs of the market back in the earlier days when people needed, you know, to find the infrastructure solutions that they needed in our market. And it'll continue to be a very important show as a supply side show. Um, But that kind of even feeds into why we we created this new company and are launching a show specifically for the brands and the retailers, because cannabis at the end of the day is a CPG industry. And the most important trade show in CPG industries is always a brand to retail focused show like Natural Products Expo or Consumer Electronics Show or the Fancy Food Show or the Bar and Nightclub Show. Um, and the only reason we don't have a national CPG style show is because we don't have a national CPG market yet. But we're going to and this is where we're kind of playing to where the puck's going, not where it's been. Forgive me. Can you explain what uh, you mean by CPG? Consumer packaged goods, right? So this okay. is a product that, yeah, that's available to purchase in a store as a, as a consumer, right? Like uh, Budweiser or Marlboro or Frito-Lays. Okay, got you. So was that the the inspiration behind MJ Unpacked was trying to to address that market? Yeah, we just really felt that that the retail and brand community was being underserved. 
Um, there's been some shows, uh, certainly Hall of Flowers has done a good job of creating a brand and retail show in California. Um, but we have 36, you know, unique markets uh, in, the, in the U.S. and each of them has kind of their own needs and, and everything else. But, you know, being able to bring brands and retailers together um, for a national event creates a tremendous amount of opportunity for them to find partnerships where they can expand into multiple states. They can meet with retailers um, from around the country to really make sure that the product that they're developing in a single state was really going to have the um, kind of the, the right velocity to reach multiple states when we see any type of federal legalization or even interstate commerce agreements. Um, and it's also a big part of it is access to capital. Um, so much of the money in our industry is really fed into kind of the non-plant touching picks and, sh you know, picks and shovels types of businesses. Um, but the brands and the retailers are really at the front lines of kind of creating the the connection with the consumer, right? They're creating the retail experience that the consumer, you know, has when they want to try legal marijuana and the brands have to create trust and transparency of what this product does for somebody, um, which is, you know, a pretty, usually a pretty powerful kind of psychotropic uh, experience, right? Yeah. Well, I can appreciate that need to connect these companies to capital. I think this year more than ever, startups are really, trying to get creative with how to how to grow their brand and access people who you know may have had less uh, impact from from the pandemic um, what's kind of unique about the way MJ impact is connecting these entrepreneurs to investors well we spent a lot of time during the pandemic um, kind of mapping out you know the return to live events and, and took the time to really think through what creates success at a trade show. Um, and thinking about our experiences as, as attendees or exhibitors at other trade shows through our, our collective careers. And you know, one of the things is that most trade shows end up being these kind of rows of booths where you're handing out badge, you know, business cards and getting your badge scanned. And that can be really powerful for lead generation. But what really drives transactional success is that you can sit down with somebody and have a conversation um, that and, and and be able to understand them and what their business does and what they're looking for for their needs um, and seeing if there's a way to connect. And so that's a function of two things. One is creating the space for people to, to engage in much more deep and meaningful conversations, but it's also about qualifying everybody who comes to our event. So there's no other national shows that actually qualify their audience other than just on ticket price. And what we're doing is that everybody who attends our show has to um, meet our criteria of being a CPG, you know, cannabis CPG brand or retail executive with a title of manager or higher, or has to be an accredited investor actively investing in cannabis. So instead of going to a big kind of pan industry show where maybe one out of 200 people in the room are somebody relevant to you, you know, we're designing our event so that, you know, three out of the five people you talk to are somebody that you want to get to know and explore a business opportunity with. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, I can see the the value yeah. in that. Yeah, it's a better return on objectives. It's a better use of people's time. Um, you know, but we've got, uh, I don't I don't like comparing our event to an onion, but it does have a lot of layers. Um, maybe, maybe I need, maybe I need to compare it to like a taco salad, right? Like, so there's layers and layers of, of things that we're doing in our event. The first thing, when you come into our registration area, is we're building this massive lounge with soft seating, with bar, 
with a small stage for local musicians to play on, uh, foosball, shuffleboards, um, you know, and just kind of creating this, you know, kind of hotel experience that you would go to a, a business hotel and you can go down to the lounge, grab a drink and have a quiet corner to have that conversation. Mm. Um, the next thing that you really see at our event is what we call VC Central at MJ Unpacked. And so we have these breakout rooms and these boardrooms. And we've uh, engaged with a lot of the top VCs in our industry to instead of kind of squallering away in some suite at the wind and somebody's at Cosmo and people waste most of the week in cab line, they're right there on the show floor, but they have the privacy they need to be able to have um, meetings with, you know, potential investors, portfolio companies, potential, you know, companies they want to invest in. And so they have these custom business suites and these boardrooms. Um, we've got companies like Poseidon or Arcadian, um, Entourage Effect Capital, Trailhead, Panther Capital, Kenny Ventures, and a number of other uh, venture capital firms that are going to be attending our show um, that are right there on the show floor. Um, we have a dedicated money stage, and this is really kind of an investor stage where companies that want to do a professional corporate presentation to an audience exclusively of accredited investors, family offices, and high net worth individuals um, can do so. And we do pre and post uh, event promotion for that. Um, we recently brought on Deborah Johnson, who used to be involved in the RQ group um, to join our team. And she's spearheading our investor engagement. Um, we have our main stage. And again, the difference between you know our event and what we see in the marketplace is that we're really able to move the level of conversation, you know, to a 3.0, 4.0 level. Um, and when you're trying to do big, broad events that are covering a wide array of topics, you know, you, you really you have one or two sessions on this topic and one or two on that. None of them really kind of get to that next level discussion that are really kind of trying to solve bigger macro industry issues. Um, that are really collaborative and that are very open and sharing that, as opposed to somebody trying to, you know, assert their expertise to generate business from our stage. We're bringing in some of the top, you know, retail operators in the country, um, a number of the upper, underrepresented voices. We're bringing in the small and mid, mid-sized retailers and the brands to really talk about the pain points at a, at a, a much bigger level than anybody else I think has seen in the industry. Um, and then when you go into what would be kind of our trade show floor, um, we really created this brand experience hall. Um, so I love showing people the visuals on this, but it's, um, you know, instead of asking a brand, say, like we have brands from Washington and Oregon and all over the country that are coming to display at our show, you know, the typical offer is, is a five or $6,000 booth that they have to spend another five to 10 to actually activate. And that's not really a good investment to get a return on. So what we're doing is we're providing them brand showcases that are tech enabled. So they can place their product into the showcase that's branded for their company and they're not stuck in their booth. And then each of those brand showcases has QR codes so the attendees can scan the QR code and download product information, view product videos, but they can also directly connect with the brand reps and they can also um, schedule time on their calendar to meet with them during the event. So it creates much more of a fluid event so that the, the brands can, you know, go around and network. They can attend sessions. They can meet with investors. They can meet with other potential brand partners to extend their footprint into a new state. 
Um, we have a huge meeting area in the, in the middle of the room. Um, we're bringing in a gong that came from China that's actually called the um, Flower of Life Gong. It uses sacred geometry with seven concentric circles, so that kind of ties into the marijuana leaf. And Bang Chocolate sponsoring the gong. So if people get a deal, then they can bang a gong at our show and create some natural healing energy in our event. Um, we do have some traditional 10 by 10 booths and some bigger 20 by 20 booths. And we're creating these turnkey packages. So the companies exhibiting can really just, you know, send us graphics and show up and be ready to do business instead of losing all of this time and energy on, you know, kind of creating and building booths and shipping this stuff around the country and creating, you know, taking away a lot of those pain points. Yeah, it sounds like you've figured out a way to kind of combine the best elements of virtual events with this live event platform, uh, yeah, by which I'm thinking like the the QR codes and the way that you've incorporated that technology so that there's more yeah. of a an in-person presence while having the, that tech-centric focus. Yeah, you know, virtual events were, were difficult, I think, for, for everybody. It just, it's not in our human nature to want to interact through a um, computer monitor, say, as much as we want to be able to be in the room and kind of have that validation that, you know, and, and legitimization that we're a member of this community or this industry and, you know, have this position or uh, expertise. Um, so, you know, when we look at, at the way we want to design this event, the way I kind of best describe it is that it has the productivity of an executive conference, again, where, you know, a majority of the people you're going to meet there are somebody of, of relevance to you. Um, we have the discovery of a trade show, um, kind of with these brand showcases and the exhibit booths and everything else. Um, uh, we have the, um, you know, benefit of having the investor conference um, as part of this as well, as well. Um, and really kind of create a better, more efficient model for the cannabis industry because um, a lot of what we see in the event space is very redundant. Mm. Well, as a longtime event planner, what do you think is the most effective way for a brand to measure their ROI from attending an event? Yeah, um, that's a really great question, uh, Patricia. And, you know, I, I talked to a lot of co people about this. I mean, the, the traditional way to measure a return on investment is to say how much did I how much did I make and how much did I spend right. Um, unfortunately, when you when you participate in a trade show, sometimes how much you made, you can't measure that for six months or even a year because of the lead time that it takes to kind of you know build that partnership or 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 activate that 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 opportunity it takes a long time. So for you to really truly measure it, it's really you know giving you data that is is six months or 12 months in the rearview mirror. And that's not a great way for somebody to be able to kind of test whether or not a business conference is a good investment. What they should be looking at, in my opinion, and kind of a shortcut to this is really look at, you know, how many qualified leads can I create at this event or how many qualified leads did I create so that when you walk out of there and say, you know, I met with a hundred people that were qualified leads that, you know, and I know I have a you know, 40% conversion rate on qualified leads and that the lifetime value of that customer is $10,000, you know, I know that I walked out of there with a $400,000 win because I met 100 people, 40% of them I'm going to convert and I'm going to, you know, generate $10,000 on, on, in each one. Um, that gives them an ability to kind of, you know, formulate a way to measure, you know, apples to apples and oranges to oranges 
you know, if you go to a show and you get a thousand leads, but you only convert, you know, and, and only 10, 10% of those are actually qualified, then you can kind of say, I only met a hundred people at that show. Um, and my conversion rates lower or higher at that show than this other show. And they can kind of really kind of dial it in so that they can really get that instantaneous feedback of whether or not they expect the show to be good and whether the show was successful the moment they walk out of there um, based on their internal kind of discipline and conversion rates and lifetime values of the customers. I can appreciate that. Also with your experience in planning events, you've had to market all of these and, and particularly now through the pandemic, I think people are wondering how to make that impact the most effectively. Um, what's your strategy for, for successful marketing when you're talking about um, not only planning an event, but maybe even planning to attend an event to, to uh, be an exhibitor at an event? Yeah. Listen, there's a lot of noise out there and there's also, um, you know, again, a lot of events out there, right? So, you know, going out and saying, hey, we, you know, here's another event and why is this one important and how do you separate yourself from, you know, the other events? And, and you know, first and foremost, um, you know, we're doing that by differentiating our event and making it exclusive. So we're not broadly marketing this. We're very, you know, specifically marketing this to the community that we want to serve. Um, we built a strategic partnership with BDSA, one of the leading market intelligence firms in the cannabis industry, um, years ago. And they're also an investor in our company. So, you know, we can go to market and say not only is, is this show smartly designed, but we have one of the leading data providers in our industry supporting it so that, you know, there's a validity to the content that we're going to be creating in our event. Um, you know, a big part of what we're doing is based on building relationships. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't want to be transactional in nature where we just want to sell another ticket, sell another booth, sell another ticket, sell another booth, like some other shows do. But we want to actually get to know our customers and our clients, understand what their needs are and their objectives and really be able to support those um, through our relationships. And um, as, as a function of that, those relationships lead to new relationships. So the word of mouth marketing that we've been able to build around this show in such a short period of time has been phenomenal. Um, you know, we've been able to, you know, really kind of sit down one-to-one. -one. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort, but it's important that we can show people what we're doing and, and explain why we're doing it. And once we have a chance to show them what we're doing and why, like the light bulb goes off going, that would be such a better way for us to do business. Like you're taking away every one of the pain points that I hate about going to other shows. We're not going to make people wait in line. They can have their badges mailed to them. It's just that's easy. Um, you know, we can create space for them to sit down. We can have, you know, good food and a good environment. that's not so cafeteria like, and, you know, have content that's really powerful and meaningful and people that you want to listen to, not, you know, having a hundred different sessions and not being sure which one's going to be worthwhile. Um, we can be very focused. And I think, you know, people want, you know, are, are busy. Um, they want to make the most use of their time. So we, we really engineered this whole thing from the ground up of saying, let's start with understanding the needs of the audience we want to serve and find the best way to do that. And, and the decisions around how we built the show became very easy once we listened to the community and listened to our clients. The picture you're painting sounds so intimate in a way, you know, um, more approachable. Do you have a, 
a vision for scaling this show? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I mean, it, it's, I think quality sometimes can get compromised as quantity grows um, in a lot of times. Um, you know, we're, you know, we do hope that at some point in time that this becomes a natural products, you know, Expo West style show for cannabis. Um, but we're going to do that, you know, really cautiously and respectfully. We want to create the most value for um, the, the community as possible. Um, and I think that the, the show really scales as we start seeing interstate commerce and federal legalization. And when you go to a show like the Bar and Nightclub show, and I've been to thousands of shows, well, maybe not thousands, but I've been to a lot of shows. Um, and, and, you know, you go to a big show like this, you'll see Budweiser have a massive footprint, or maybe it's at the Consumer Electronics Show and, and, and Sony has this huge booth in the front and they're showing all these cool things they do. They're really there to kind of establish their brand strength. Um, you know, Budweiser has a big beer garden. They're not looking to sell somebody Budweiser at the show, but then on the other side of the spectrum, you have a lot of those new emerging companies that are trying to carve about market share, you know, introducing new products at those shows. So, you know, I think as we start normalizing some type of national market, we'll be able to scale the show. And I think that we'll be able to meet the needs of the market at that time. Right now, I know that I need to keep the cost of participation for the brands low so that they can get a good return on their investment. I know they're not looking to, to you know, come to Las Vegas to, you know, for a brand in Washington to sell other retailers in Washington because they're already effectively doing that. What they're, what they're coming to our show is to, you know, get national exposure, meet with retailers in new states, get access to capital and find partners that can bring their brand into other states or that maybe they're looking for acquisition opportunities or maybe they're looking to sell their business. Um, and, and creating this kind of, again, this intimate executive kind of approach to this, the right people will be in the room. The people I imagine who'll be reading um, this article based on our conversation will be those people looking to move toward more national growth. Um, would you have yeah. any uh, advice or insight for for the, that demographic? Yeah, I, I well, I, I think part of the reason we're creating this is that, you know, it's, it's somewhat of an inevitability that we're going to move to a national market. And it most likely, you know, will probably mirror alcohol where there's, you know, a state regulatory authority and a federal excise tax on the product, hopefully not too high so that we can, you know, really support the, the regulated and taxed market and, and, and not overly tax them that kind of really um, supports kind of the illicit market. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I think, you know, you need to be prepared now, um, you know, because that, that legalization is speculative. It might be in a year, it might be in five years. Well, we're already moving towards the national market. You see a number of companies that have brands that are in five, 10 states that are continually looking for those opportunities to expand their growth um, into these individual state markets. And so if you're not, you know, kind of in the room, you can't be part of the conversation. And peer-to-peer -peer learning is always going to probably be their best resource to understand how to do something better. If I can learn from somebody who's walked in my shoes, I'm going to probably, you know, get what they're saying or learn that lesson better than I would have some consultant or um, third-party vendors trying to tell me how I should do it. 
Um, so I think that, you know, being in the room and showing up and, and starting those conversations, whether you're planning in a year or two years to start expanding your, your company or if you're not raising capital now, but you're planning to in a year, you need to start those conversations now and show up to events like this that can really put you in the room with the right people. What do you think the future looks like for events? I mean, it's been such a roller coaster the past 18 months, but I think you more than most could have that insight into what it might look like down the road. Yeah, and I think right now, um, you know, po- we're hoping to be a little bit more post-pandemic than we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, people are going to want to make sure that that they're going to events that have a high return, that can create a high return on objectives. So that might not be big industry shows, and sometimes it might be big industry shows. I mean, if you're, you know, in the electronics, you have a big, um, you know, retail outlet for the electronics industry, you want to go to consumer electronics, see what's new, you want to meet with the, your core vendors and everything else and have that kind of broad industry approach. And conversely, is I think you're going to see a lot of sub-segmentation where you're really just bringing two groups of people that are on the buy and sell side of an equation together in the same room to really facilitate those conversations at a higher rate and, and conversion. Yeah, that's great insights. I guess lastly, George, I'll ask, is there anything you'd like to touch on that maybe we didn't cover during our discussion? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, making sure that events are safe is really you know, a top priority right now. Um, you know, we've been monitoring the situation very closely. We are implementing a number of protocols that can really, you know, mitigate the spread and, and even exposure to COVID. And, you know, we're very grateful to, to, you know, be doing our event at one of the leading resorts in the entire world as part of MGM, you know, International, because, you know, they've installed these, you know, air handlers and scrubbers that are, you know, state of the art. Um, they're requiring all of their employees to be vaccinated um, by October 15th or, um, you know, any new hires have to be vaccinated and have a two-week wait period before they can come to work. And, you know, providing temperature checks and the ability to make sure that we can control the environment so that we can provide the safest event to the most people. But we're not trying to pack the room filled. We're trying to make sure, again, it's quality over quantity. So I think that, you know, making sure events are safe is really a top priority for the events industry right now. We desperately need the human interaction. We definitely, you know, we do business with people, not with companies and being able to meet somebody and shake their hand and look them in the eye and read their body language and listen to them empathetically is really an important part of of commerce. CES chose to move to the all vaccinated um, model where they're requiring attendees to show proof of vaccination. Was that something you considered? Uh, yeah, it's something that we have considered and are considering, but you know, there's it's it's a little complicated for the cannabis industry because um, there there is a real a, a real and legitimate distrust of the federal government um, by mm-hmm. an industry that has been you know incarcerated for a plant um, and and if you look at the you know BIPOC community and you know some of the things that have historically happened with our government and, and vaccinations um, in communities of color is disgraceful and and shameful and there's reason that that, that there's people have chosen not to get vaccinated and we don't want to be exclusionary to somebody who wants to make a personal choice and has the right to make a choice about their own body. 
Um, it's a, a basic civil liberty. And so, um, but we do need to kind of balance that with um, the ability to provide a safe environment. So um, we're finalizing our plans and, you know, we expect that we'll be able to allow people that are not vaccinated um, to attend our event by getting a temperature check and providing a negative COVID test um, either within 24 hours of or the day of entry to our show. Um, but we'll control that so nobody can actually get up into our event unless we verify that they are vaccinated or tested negative. And we're going to require masks and we're going to have hand sanitizers and provide, you know, enough space for people to be socially distant. And, you know, we're going to get through this and, and create a successful event. Yeah, powerfully said. I really appreciate your perspective. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's so tough because, I mean, like, I, I, you know, it's, I think that, you know, vaccines um, can help us kind of end the pandemic, but can't, you got to respect people's, you know, right to, to make their own decisions about their own bodies and, um, you know, not you know, allow them to have their own opinions. Um, that's part of what makes us a society and makes us uh, human, right? Yeah, I think that's particularly poignant for the cannabis space. So I'm grateful you chose to share that. You know, thank you. We'll have we'll we'll be publishing. You know, we're we're just finishing up a few layers of the COVID you know safety protocol. So we'll we'll be publishing something soon about that. Well, I will stay tuned. Um, I am an ardent supporter of the Fourth Estate and quality journalism, and you guys have been doing great work. So I appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that, George. Yeah, you bet. All right. Well, I will awesome. wrap it there. Thank you. Thanks, Patricia. Take care. Simple to use, easy to clean, incredibly precise. Introducing the first packaging and weighing system designed specifically for the cannabis industry. One that gives you more control, consistency, and a better product. The Green Vault System Precision Batcher is designed to offer you the flexibility to switch your packaging options seamlessly. This innovative packaging technology uses gentle puffs of air, also known as air cush technology, to move product rather than vibration. The process aids in the preservation of trichomes on your flower, leading to a higher end potency, better market price, and a customer experience that lives up to your brand's high standards. Technology unlike any other, built for an industry unlike any other. Instead of repurposing technology from other industries, Green Vault Systems engineered their integrated packaging and weighing system for the unique characteristics and demands of cannabis. It's built to help grow your business from the ground up.